0: Domain Masters. Please welcome your host, Victor Pitts.
1: Welcome to Domain Masters. I'm your host, Victor Pitts, and you're listening to Domain Masters via webmasterradio.fm. So we know there's a lot of ways these days online to get information. When you want to learn something about a particular subject, you go to your favorite search engine and, and do a search on the keywords relative to that um, that thing that you're looking for. Another way of doing it is to type in the keyword and put your favorite uh, uh, TLD uh, at the end of it and, and see what comes up. Uh, there's a chance that you're going to get the uh, kind of information that you're looking for all from that, um, that initial type-in on, on your uh, location bar of the browser. Or you may get a, a list of, of sites that are keyword-related, hopefully, to what it is that you're looking for but uh, let's say that you want to search on the subject of domain names and understand how valuable uh, domain names are to, uh, to your, your search results um, well you can do a lot of uh, searched you know search on keywords regarding uh, domains and, and SEO uh, domains and getting traffic to your website uh, find combinations of keywords that work for you and, and, and getting your answers um, so if you were to enable the search to not only be on text, but also on video, uh, one of the names that you're going to see pop up and, and pop up quite frequently, um, is someone who's very authoritative on the subject. And that's Matt cuts, uh, from over at Google. I know Matt, uh, personally, we've had him on domain masters in the past. I've met him at uh, many trade shows. Uh, Matt is, um, is you know an an expert on the google system he works for google and uh, you know he does uh, he's he's a community his he communicates very well with with the public in how google operates and one of the things that uh, matt does is on his uh, blog site and, and um is post videos of people sending questions and then he takes on that question and he answers it back on on a video and um I want to pull a few of them out, and and because it's a great way to to learn uh, from Google's perspective as opposed to coming through you know middlemen. Um, uh, and when you have a question regarding you know how Google treats the domain names, what aspects of the domain names is important, and, and the relevancy of uh, uh, search uh, results, that kind of thing, uh, getting it straight from from Google is is a good idea. However. Uh, having said that, I mean, there are a lot of SEO uh, companies, uh, domain owners, and, and businesses, large and small, that uh, have had experiences um, in, in respect to how they get traffic to their websites, and and uh, their opinions um, and their experiences may indicate um, uh, something a little bit different than what Matt says. But I'm going to take on some of Matt's questions. One of the questions that Matt asked uh, was asked is how important it is to have keywords in the domain name and uh you know you can certainly go to uh, google uh or go to youtube and, and search on matt and put in the keyword uh, domain names and and pick up these uh particular uh, um You know, pieces of video, but the summary of how he replied uh, to how important keywords were in domain name. He he, one of the things that I big takeaways was Google's considering reducing the weight given to keywords within domain name. He mentions that um, non-keyword type of domain names. Proof to be the most successful ones. And he gave a lot of uh, examples of that, you know, names such as uh, Twitter, um, Facebook, uh, Yahoo, Google, <laughs> uh, for example. Uh, these are names that are not conventional or, or generic type of keywords. They don't say what business or service they are in. Um, the company kind of defines what the meaning is. And he also says, you know, that they've received a lot of complaints that that uh, keyword-heavy domain names tend to get ranked higher than uh, other websites that um, are, are quite relevant to what the person's actually searching for but they didn't have as as good of a domain name. So in, in trying to provide their end users, the users of their search engine, with the most relevant uh, searches, one of the things that they're looking at is, is perhaps um, – adjusting a bit the weight that they give to the keyword being within the domain name. Uh, too many people, according to him, have gotten domain names putting inferior content on it but then receive favorable listings in the search engine. So when this happens, when you don't have real content on it or, or not good quality content, complaint starts going up, adjustment starts getting made. So that's a that's an important takeaway. The other thing he was asked is, how much does domains age, this is a different video, how much does domains age affect his ranking? And as we know, the 2002 uh, algorithm that uh, Google uh, published and had, um, not, not trademark, but uh, a, a patent on. Um, within it was an element uh, regarding the domain's age, not only the domain's age in terms of when it was first registered, but uh, its creation date, but also its expiration date. Um, so when asked how much the domain's age affects its ranking, uh, his his comments was essentially very little impact whatsoever. It, it's there, and he won't go into saying whether it is or is not a factor. He just says that in the overall scheme of things, it would have very little impact on on the results. Um, so that kind of isn't is consistent with a lot of what we. Have heard from other SEO experts is the domain's age creation date seems to have a little bit of an effect on it. Thus, uh, drop catch names are good, but I think the bigger reason drop catch names are are good, or not drop catch names, but older names are good, is because um, they have backlinks and and so they may have existing uh, traffic coming to them, and I think that's the biggest uh, you know value of them. Uh, keywords are are great. Um, You know, great to have in the domain name, back to his uh, first video, keywords are fantastic to have within the domain name, Um, but from a a branding from from remembering the name, having it stand out uh, from a group, um, a more traditional branding approach might have a greater impact, um, according to Matt. He he was asked then um, on another video, he says, can a purchased domain name's history affect its trust in Google? And the summary of that is, um, he suggests that you do your research on the domain name. The answer is yes, it it, it can. Um, so you should do some research on the domain name uh, before buying it. Uh, if the person you're who sell it to you says it was online, it had a website. This is how we've been using it. Go regardless of what was said. Go to Google and see if the name exists anywhere in there. If there's if it's been indexed and it was online. If it, if they say that it was you know online and being used before, but you don't see it indexed, then it was obviously some problem, and you might want to start looking if it's on any sort of blacklist or anything. Another site that he recommends you go look at is is the Wayback Machine and, and check to see uh, if it's in an archive there where they take snapshots of, of uh, older websites and see how the name might have been being used, because there are people that will buy names that have uh, a little bit of uh, backlink history and, and traffic coming to them. And they will uh, abuse the name and for for spamming and so forth, and abuse it to the point where it, it has no level of trust whatsoever by any search engine um, left on it, and and then then they turn around and uh, sell the name. And, and so what you should do is do a little uh, homework on the name first to make sure that there's not any issues with it. Um, if there are and you buy a name that's got issues with it, Matt also went into some of the actions that you can take to try to get those things uh, resolved. Uh, Matt was asked, uh, does the position of keywords in the URL affect a ranking? And his uh, summary was, is the keyword positioning within the URL does not have a great impact on the relevancy ranking. And, and what this would mean is, is after your domain name, you have your slash, and then you have either um, the, the rest of the URL, which is a whole string of that goes to the address to a specific page or to a specific image. Uh, should keywords be up there? Should you use a directory structure, uh, subdirectory structure within your website uh, that is keyword-laden? Um, individual pages, should you be putting keywords on the pages, uh, that kind of thing? And he says, you know, yes, it does. It is part of the algorithm. Yes, it does have some some value, but it's, it's a very low effect. On, on the overall thing, there's other ways of having more um, control over uh, the ranking uh, through other areas. He was asked, uh, "This is a big one for for domainers, is redirecting a large number of domains uh, suspicious, and more specifically, does it cause a problem with Google?" And and the summary of that was is to to which is good news, you know, for domainers is um, no, there's no issue. It, it may warrant. A closer look by Google, but there's no automated issue. If you suddenly have, um, you know, dozens, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of domains suddenly all pointing to, to one site, um, then there's there's no issues with that uh, whatsoever. And doing that, there's a lot of legitimate uh, business reasons why a company might do that. So uh, Matt says that Google doesn't have an issue with it. Matt was asked, uh, does changing the website name does it affect the website? Uh, ranking and, and he suggests, and this is what the t- takeaway from that one and why I think a domainer should listen to it, um, and anyone buying a domain uh, is back to the history of how that name was being used. Matt suggested transitioning a domain name uh, from a parked page to a non park page as soon as possible, as soon as you take possession. If the name is currently on a parked page from the former owner, or you have it there, um, as soon as possible, get it onto a non-parked page. Um, He's, he implied that um, it, it could be there could be some filtering on part pages, which may take longer to undo, uh, that than the trans uh, the transition of moving a domain that's on a, a non park page to another non park page. Um, he also mentions that there are some things that you can do again to get your past history. Um, cleared. I know from working on a search engine project with another company that um, sometimes you want to you, you, the the actual uh, part pages appear in the index. They get indexed like anything else, but then they start skewing the results, um, and you start coming back with search engine results with nothing but you know pay per click advertisement on that. So one of the things that in these uh, search engines have on them is the ability to filter out certain. Um, name servers, uh, certain um, keywords, you know, within a page, and, and that type of thing. And so um, that's why you you will find that the search engines don't index, uh, you know, pay per click pages. So if your domain is is actually listed on there, and now you take possession of it. Although the page may get spidered and crawled and, and all this, and, and, uh, or crawled and spidered, and, and, and they pull the uh, new information down, they still may have you uh, manually tagged as being part of a park uh, site. And I'm not saying this is what Google's doing, but they kind of implied this is how it might work. So you, if, if that's the case and you're finding that your site is not um, getting indexed, then you, you probably want to contact Google. And uh, and find out if um, you know. Let them know that you you now have the site up and operational under new management, and uh, whatever issues they may have with the domain, would they please clear it? And so there's a process that you can follow and get that done. Uh, another couple of questions, and I think i am done on this. Uh, Matt um, said, if it is the same uh, content, if it's the same content. Is posted under different TLDs if it's a problem. So we we know if you have the same content appear on different domains within the same TLD, say .com, .net, what have you, that that's that's considered to be um, a duplicate content, and and they won't index everything, and there could even be penalties. So the question is this: whether if you put it under different TLDs. His reply was, he says, you know, there, there is no issues if it's on ccTLDs because of uh, regional segmenting and prioritization within their database. As you know, you're in a different country. It, it prioritized that particular TLD for that particular country and, and, and elevates it up ahead of other uh, sites it may have indexed anywhere else on the globe. So from a, a country, internet from an international standpoint, um, with ccTLDs, not an issue it works it works just fine now putting the same content on the same class of tlds uh generic generic tlds that might cause some issues and the tlds might the the duplicate content sites might get filtered out you know so that's something to look out for at this moment we're going to take a quick commercial break we'll be right back with our program
0: domain masters will be back after this short break stay tuned Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1 866 625 5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com.
1: Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords seminars for success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one stop shop for all your PPC needs.
0: Learn, optimize, connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com your search engine is putting your servers into overdrive. It's WebmasterRadio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. We're back with more Domain Masters, where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. Here's Victor Pitts
1: in this next segment of Domain Masters. I want to return to the conversation of the new TLDs. Now we've had a little bit of time to uh, dissect, look at the the individual applications um, and, and as well as kind of summarize what we've learned uh, about the new applicants and, and different kind of groups. As we know, there was ICANN had reported that there was 1,930 uh, applications that were submitted after all the refunds was made. So 1,930 applications, and that was for a total of 1,409 uh, top-level domain extensions. So 1,930 applications, 1,409. Extensions, which means that some of them are duplicates. In terms of unique applicants, there was a total of one thousand one hundred and fifty-five unique applicants. Now, in terms of the breakdown of how the one thousand nine hundred and thirty applications, you know, went, if if you broke them down into classifications of generic, brand, IDN, community, and geographic. Uh, they break down as as follows generic had a 53 percent share of the total number of applications brands were 34 percent idns represent six percent community was four percent and geographic three percent okay so now what does that mean well first what are the generics Generics are names that are not associated with a company or a country or not applying from a specific community. So it's, you know, things that are are products and services, more generic type of terms. And again, 53% of all the applications were for generic terms. Brands which are mostly U.S. corporations, although there was a few European companies to do it as well. These are mostly for the intention to use the extensions for exclusive uh, purposes uh, for their particular products or, or services. These are Mainly trademark names, examples of brands was Amazon.com, Google, FedEx, Apple, IBM, Ferrari, Heinz, Lego, Intel, BBC. Uh, So 34% of the applications were for trademarks blocking their brands or or registering their brands or applying for their brands. IDNs, these are names representing um, different scripts from around the world, different language scripts. Uh, Most of the applications came from China and they cover everything from brands to city names to religions but i mean there's there's a lot of uh, countries that applied for this but 6% of the total number of applications were internationalized uh, domain names 4% was for communities this is a category for those who self-identify with a group um, a- as a group uh for example uh gay radio these get priority over their applications for the same name also within the list is bank and insurance or communities as well so community is another one and then lastly representing three percent of the total number of applications the smallest group was uh, geographic there was a total of 66 applicants you know some of these are going to require still government approval most of them were like you know city names like uh, sydney london paris uh, but there was also a more a bigger region such as africa uh, arab on there as well so when we look at how these applications were spread across the globe who, which countries uh, had the most applicants the uh, united states uh, led the charge with a whopping 844 <laughs> just from the us but then there's a group that uh, submitted between 51 and 100 um, and that includes uh, uh british virgin islands cayman islands china france germany gibraltar uh japan and luxembourg and then the you know it gets smaller um you know after that in terms of how these registries, these TLDs, are going, who they're going to be using for back-end providers, as we, as we mentioned on the show before, running in a registry is complex and expensive uh, to do. So over 95% of the applicants have, uh, therefore, outsourced a job to experienced companies. And the largest five of, of these are... Um, you know, specialists that represent over 75% of the applications. The biggest back-end providers within this is going to be Affilius, DMEL is is another one, Newstar, VeriSign, they're amongst, and and ARI Registry Services are amongst the biggest ones. The top 10 applicants, number one by by far of a single applicant is the, the company Donuts which submitted 307 uh, applications followed by Google, who is number two at 101 Amazon at 76 top level domain holdings, 68 domain venture partners, 59 UNI registry, 54 affiliates, 31 United TLD, 26 L'Oreal 14 and Richmond 14. So those are your top 10 applicants on the IDNs. Um, as we mentioned, there was uh, a good number of those. China had, China, Hong Kong, and Switzerland had over fifteen uh, applications. Um, the U.S. and Luxembourg had uh, between eleven and fifteen, and then. Um, there was between one and five for a group ranging from you know, European countries to um, you know, British Virgin Islands and, and Middle East countries as well. Conflicts, which is obviously of big importance, that's where there were more than one applicant for the same top-level domain string. Out of uh, 1,930 applications, 751 of them are in conflict. And out of that, the number one name for conflict where there was a total of 13 applications, coincidentally, is uh, .app, .app, so for app. And that's the one that had the most applications for it. The next group with 11 was .home and .inc. Then following it 10, uh, 10 applications was .art. Dot art, A-R-T, and then you had a group of uh, with nine applications. And you can kind of see why these would be uh, perhaps popular, but dot blog, dot book, dot LLC, and dot shop. And so, very, very interesting where the the conflicts you know are. And and again, there was a, a total of 751 of them in conflict. Most of them only has. There's only two parties that are are competing. You know, for that. But there's others that obviously there's going to have to be something worked. It's, it's going to be more challenging to work out where there's multiple uh, applications that are involved, like .dot hotel, for example. .dot uh, news, for for example. Uh, those are are some. You can imagine why that would be uh, something very important. Some of the stranger TLDs uh, that's in there is, is one's a brand is .dot ketchup from from Heinz. So .dot Ketchup. Um, that that's that may take some time for that name to actually do anything, but that's quite an interesting one. Uh, I like the .dot uh, inc. Um, TLD. That has some. That that would be a great place for uh, companies to go register themselves. It, you know, any incorporated type of company to go register themselves and maybe to become. You know, authoritative. So, some very cool stuff. Uh, the summaries that are coming out uh, in terms of uh, any any breakthroughs. Who's going to be in the first batch? Uh, we're still waiting on some news to uh, come out of ICAN for that. I'm sure that there's going to be a wealth of information before the before the upcoming dot next uh, conference in August. That conference is is geared right towards this particular marketplace. Uh, So there should be a a lot of good information coming out of that conference and and some hints maybe in how things are going as far as who's going to be in the the first batch of processing. So that's it for this episode of Domain Masters. I do appreciate tuning in. Again, Domain Masters is a place where you go to learn to become the master of your domain. My name is Victor Pitts. You're listening to Domain Masters on WebmasterRadio.fm. You can also listen to our show and archive at WebmasterRadio.fm where they have an archive section for Domain Masters. As well as you can go to iTunes, do a search on Domain Masters, and find back, back episodes of uh, our show at iTunes. So thanks for listening. Come back next week. Take care, folks.